Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here on this beautiful morning. We thank you for all those who are gathered. And God, we know that you are here and you're going to do something special today in the hearts of all who are here. We bless you. We praise you. We glorify you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
this is what heaven sounds like. We praise you, we praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you, we praise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. We cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. You cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. Through your creation, cry, God, we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. 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 Amen, amen. Praise the Lord this morning. You may have a seat. Well, good morning and welcome each and every one of you to Central Baptist Church here in Livingston, Texas. I am so excited that each of you have chosen to worship together as a body of believers this morning. If you're a guest with us, I want to extend a special welcome and say thank you so much for being here. Uh, my name is Austin. I have the privilege and the honor of helping lead in worship through music each week here, and uh, it is exactly that, a privilege and honor. First, I want to say thank you to uh, Pastor Lynn Sasser, who is here. Uh, Pastor Sonny is in uh, Virginia with his family. He'll be back starting next week, but Pastor Lynn is here this morning to share the word with us and also uh, helping us engage in worship by uh, opening God's word to start off the service this morning. Um, if you are a guest with us, I'd like to draw your attention to the connection cards in the seat backs in front of you. You can take those and fill them out with just some basic information so that we can get to know you a little bit better and be in contact with you throughout the week. Whether you're a member or a guest, you can use that same card to uh, put prayer requests, and our staff will be praying for you. Uh, we can reach out to you if you wish, or you can leave it anonymous either way so that we can pray for you and be lifting each other up throughout the week as a body of believers. Additionally, this morning, you came prepared to give of your tithes and offerings. Uh, it's your last chance in 2023 to do so. So let's finish off the, uh, the year giving uh, what God has given to us. And so you can do that either here in person with the um, envelopes that are in those seat backs. You can drop them off as you leave this morning. Or you can give online at the church website, centrallivingston.com. Um, before I uh, move on to the rest of the worship service, I do want to say that this is the last day that we can be giving to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So uh, keep that in mind that that is an offering that funds primarily the International Mission Board, uh, funds bringing the gospel to unreal groups all around the world. Um, it's an incredible opportunity for us to support those who are going forth on our behalf to bring the gospel to others. Um, with that said, uh, let us uh, pray, and we'll continue in worship this morning. Father God, we praise you, we do. Lord, we look forward to the day where we don't have to, to try and emulate what heaven is going to sound like, God. We look forward to the day where we get to stand in your presence and hear it. Uh, but God, in the meantime, I pray that our praise would be sweet to you, that our offering this morning would be beautiful for you. 
God, that uh, every word that is sung, every chord that is played, Lord, that it would be uh, glorifying and honoring to you, God. I pray that um, this time of worship would help prepare our hearts to hear from you and your word, God. Soften our hearts and help us be ready to hear what you have for us this morning and then to respond. God, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. God's to thee, how great 
Morning that you rose, all of heaven. 
breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angel stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel shall not fade by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me After Pastor Lynn's message, I just want to remind everyone that there will be a time of response. And here, if you feel the Lord moving and stirring in your heart to respond to him today, be that to come forward and receive prayer, to come forward and accept him as your Lord and Savior for the first time, uh, to maybe follow him in the obedience, uh, in the, the ordinance of baptism, to learn, any about those, uh, learn about any of those things and to come forward and respond, I invite you all to do that at the conclusion of the message. Let's continue in worship. firm foundation the rock on which I stand everything around me shaking I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus he's never let me down he's faithful through so why would he fail now? He, he won't. won't. Oh, no, no, he won't. Cause I still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. 
to build this year on than on Christ the solid rock who will not fail. Rain came when blue and my house is built on you. Well, I'm safe with you. I'm gonna make it through. Rain came when strong on you I'm gonna make it through my house was built on you Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me shaking I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down, faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. time of worship. Every word we sang, every chord we played, every drum that was hit was for you. 
God, so now ready our hearts to hear from your word. We love you, God. We commit this time to you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Well, here we are at the end of 2023. How has the Lord been for you in 2023? I hope he's been good for you. Let me introduce myself. Uh, many of you don't know who I am. My name is Lynn Sasser. And um, we, I was, or we were, uh, I was, I was the youth minister here at Central Baptist Church from 1983 to 91. And then we moved off uh, to Hitchcock, Texas. And uh, then we moved to Mexico. We were in Latin America from 1995 till 2022. I pastored a church, uh, Capital City Baptist Church, for 19 years. It was a um, international church. It was multicultural, multilingual. Uh, it was an incredible, fascinating church that I got to pastor, had the privilege of pastoring. And so now we're back here in Livingston where we're living and um, we're members of this church, but we're not here very often. Um, after we got back in 2022, we took a trip to Israel and then I took a pastorate, I mean the interim pastor, and I was 16 months at Comanil, Texas. Anybody know where Comanil, Texas is? Uh, if you don't know how to say it, don't go there, all right? Uh, but anyway, we were there for 16 months and then I have been supplying. Let me tell you, a little different scenario today than it was last Sunday for us. Uh, last Sunday, there were 14 people in the congregation that I preached to, and three of them were my family. So uh, it's a little different uh, scenario. Uh, we loved it here. We love uh, Livingston. We raised three of our children here. And by the way, our youngest is getting married January the 6th, and her fiancé is being baptized today in Dallas, Texas. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're excited about that. We're, we're truly excited. We're, we've been praying for her for many years to find the right one. And I told him, I said, if you do anything to harm my daughter, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> now, he said, well, if I do anything to harm your daughter, you need to kill me. I said, I have a shovel and I know where the bodies are buried. And uh, anyway, anyway that's, that's, that's the way it is. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever, listen to me very carefully, how many of you have ever been to a boring worship service? You didn't hear me right, did you? Now, I've been to a lot of boring church services, but I've never been to a boring worship service because the center of the worship is Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you what, Jesus is not boring. He is not boring. Now, I've been to a lot, I'm going to tell you, I've been to a lot of different churches over the years. I've been to some good ones, I've been to some bad ones, and I've been to some in between. But I've never, ever been to a boring worship service. 
And you know what? You can have a worship service in your home when you're with Jesus and you're worshiping him. It's never boring. You know, the Bible describes itself or describes the word of God in several different ways. And I want to point these out to you. One of them points out that the Bible is a hammer and it breaks up the stone heart. It also describes the Bible as a sword. It pierces the heart. And it also describes the word of God as a fire. It sets our hearts on fire. Now, there may be some of you here today that you need a hammer on your heart. Maybe some of you need your heart pierced. Or maybe some of you need your heart on fire. A hot heart for God. Well, that's not my sermon. That's just kind of warm up here. Kind of, you know, pregame. My sermon today comes from Philippians 2. If you have your Bibles, how many of you have your Bibles? Hold up. Hold up. Okay. I think there's some Bibles in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, pick one up. We're going to read out of the Bible here. So, Philippians 2. Go to Philippians 2. I believe, uh, isn't the pastor preaching from Philippians? All right. I don't know if he's covered this passage. I don't care if he has or not. It's going to be covered again. Philippians 2. Let me find it. Philippians 2, beginning with verse 9. Verse 9. For this reason also God highly exalted him, Jesus Christ, and bestowed on him, Jesus Christ, the name which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven, on earth, And under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Can you say amen? It's one of the the greatest passages in the Bible that I know. And we focus upon that today. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Well, Lord means master, guardian, ruler, owner. You say, yes, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, that's good. That's good. Let me ask you another question. Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? Well, let's be a little more specific than that. Is Jesus Lord of your tongue? Is Jesus Lord of your time? Is Jesus Lord of your treasure? Is Jesus Lord of your talents? Is Jesus Lord of your temperament? Is Jesus Lord of your testimony? Is he truly 
your Lord? Is He Lord indeed as well as Word? Well, we're not going to leave these subjects by themselves today. Every one of these areas is a sermon within itself. As I begin to dwell into the um, Bible about these various ones, song and time and treasure, the Bible just exploded in front of me. I mean, there is, is massive of information on all of these. But first of all, let's look. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your tongue? Well, I'm getting kind of specific here, am I not? Well, let's see what James says about it. You still have your Bibles? Go over to James, the third chapter. James is right after the massive book of Hebrews. James, the third chapter. Let's begin with verse 8. But no one can tame, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Jesus Christ, Lord of your tongue. You should be edifying and building up your brothers and sisters. There should be blessings and praisings coming from your tongue. James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this one's religion is useless. And 1 Peter 3.10 says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Criticism, complaining, has no place in the life of a believer. I heard about a lady in a church. The, uh, she, she, she was complaining about everything. She complained uh, about uh, everything. And so one day, the pastor would, you know, he would greet her and all this, and she'd complain, complain, complain. And one day, there was a, it was a beautiful spring day. The weather was just beautiful. The sun was shining. The pastor thought, now she cannot say anything bad about the weather today. And so he said, uh, hey, Miss Smith, look at it. Isn't this a beautiful day? Isn't this the day the Lord has given us? Isn't this a beautiful day? And she said, yes, but it's raining somewhere. You know what the word criticism means? It means to thrust through. To thrust through. It's a picture of taking a sword to someone and thrusting it through. And when we criticize, for the devil condemns, Jesus doesn't. You know what we're doing? We're saying, hey, devil, you're not doing a good enough job. Let me fuss through you and take care of it. There is no place in the kingdom of God 
to criticize our brothers and sisters. Many a tongue has destroyed lives, marriages, and even churches. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your tongue? All right, here's another area. Is Jesus Christ Lord over your time? This is hard for me because I must confess I am a waster of time. I don't use time wisely. Solomon spoke about this in detail in Ecclesiastes. Verse 1, he says, There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under the heaven. He says he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. Verse 12, he says, I know that there is nothing better for them to rejoice and do good in one's lifetime. David said in Psalms 90, 12, so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. I know there are many of us here that could, could uh, say that how you regret some things in your, your past, some things that you didn't do, some efforts that you didn't give to a certain way. I, I uh, saw a, uh, a man in the gym the other day. And man, he's buffed up. He went to school with my son great basketball player. And I went over to him and I said, don't you wish you had worked out like this when you were in high school? And he said, oh yes, oh yes, I wished I had. Time. Paul says in Ephesians 5, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. What are you doing with your time? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your time? I'm going to get even a little more specific here. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your treasure? I hope you're not like the man who got saved and wanted to be baptized, and when he was baptized... He held his wallet up out of the water when he went under. He said, I'll have everything baptized except my money. Not a good idea. There are more than 2,300 verses in the Bible related to money, wealth, and possessions. 11 of the 39 parables of Jesus are about money. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. There was a man, who, a very wealthy man, who died. And uh, his relatives gathered to read his will. And the lawyer opened up his will and he said, I, uh, I'll say uh, John James, 
being of sound mind, spin it all. I mean, he had the right, <laughs> he had the right outlook toward uh, uh, money. John Wesley was told that his house burned down. He said, John, your house burned down. Everything has gone. And John Wesley said, that's impossible. No, John, you have to understand your house burned down. It's gone. He said, that's impossible. I don't own a home. Now, God gave me a place to live. I only manage that for him. You see, John Wesley had the right outlook about treasures. We don't own a thing. We may possess it for a period of time. God lets us manage it. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The generous man will be prosperous. Will be prosperous. Have you surrendered your treasure to the Lord? Number four, is Jesus Christ Lord of your talents? You know, God has gifted us with talents and abilities, some more than others. I know some people that are extremely gifted, much more. You know, I, I always had an inferior complex around some of my youth uh, pastor, youth minister friends. Well, they could play the guitar, like you, brother. They could lead a youth group. I mean, they just had them. I'm, unbelievable. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't even play the radio. But God gifted me in other ways. And I thank God for that. Peter said this in 1 Peter 4.10, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Listen, God did not give you a gift to sit on it. He gave you a gift to serve with it. That's a good quote. You ought to write that down. I'm going to say that again. God did not give you a gift to sit on it, but he gave you a, God, uh, gave you a gift to serve with it. You know, there are churches, and I want to tell you what, I have been in them, that are dying because the older generation has basically given up. There are no young people coming up behind them. But let me tell you what their, their thought is. And this might be some of yours, and it shouldn't be. You might say, I've done my part. I've done my part. I've served the Lord for many years. Now somebody else has to do it. I want to tell you what, my dad was preaching when he, when he was still 90 years of age. He didn't have that attitude. He didn't have that philosophy. <laughs> One time I was visiting with dad. Dad said, uh, well, uh, such and such church called me. And what did they call you to about, about dad? And he said, well, they want me to come and enter them. Dad was 100 years old. He said, I just don't think I'm up to it at 100 years old. Don't fall into the trap. Don't, don't waste your life. Some years ago in Reader's Digest, y'all remember that? I don't know if they even publish that anymore. 
you know, used to have all these stories in them, great stories you used to read. There was a story about a couple from up in the Northeast who had retired at age 52. They had gone down to Florida. They had rented them, they had bought them a sailboat and they were interviewed about their early retirement and how it was going and everything. And uh, the interviewer said, uh, well, what do you do with your time? And he said, well, we uh, sail on our sailboat and we collect seashells. Collect seashells. In that same Reader's Digest, there was a story about two elderly women who were nurses who had given up their lives and they were down in Guatemala serving the Lord. They were headed out of the, one of the Lord's cities into a, a remote village and a tire blew out in their car and their car went over a ledge and they were killed. And the article said, what a wasted life. No, my friends, I wouldn't have wasted life. The wasted life is sailing and collecting seashells. What is this couple going to do when they stand before God? Are they going to say, look, Lord, look at my seashells. Don't waste your life. Keep serving the Lord. Keep on, keep on, keep on. There's another thing. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your temperament? Uh-oh, getting even deeper here. Are you easily angered, upset often, agitated over the smallest things? Now, friends, I want to tell you something. You've never seen traffic until you live in Mexico City. <laughs> the airport from where we lived was no more than 20 minutes if the traffic moved. There were times that it took me three hours to get to the airport. You could get easily agitated, easily angered. Solomon says, don't be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Proverbs 14, 7 says, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, I don't know what that is, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And then James 1, 20 says this, For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. If you want to get angry, get angry with the devil. Get angry with the sin that is destroying people, but don't get angry with people. There's no place in the kingdom of God for an angry person. It's destructive, it's distracting, it's disruptive. Present your temperament to Christ. Tongue, time, treasure, talent, temperament. All of these 
funnel down into the last area. To the last area. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your testimony? Is Jesus Christ Lord of your testimony? I'll never forget when I was um, serving in Pasadena, Texas. God was moving in those days in incredible ways. He it was just unbelievable. And I used to stop by this mobile station and get my gas on my way home. I'd stop by there and get gas, and it was a service station. Y'all remember what a service station is, you know? That's where guys put gas in your car. Y'all, y'all remember that, don't you? Yeah, okay. It was a service station. And so I pulled in there, and I, I pulled in there a lot. Uh, just kind of my favorite place. They didn't have all these discount places and everything. And I pulled in there, and I'll never forget one day I pulled in there. The guy was filling up my car, and he said, uh, you're one of them, aren't you? And I said, one of them? What are you talking about? I, and I looked to see if I had anything on my T-shirt or, or whatever, you know. I, you're one of them, aren't you? I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, Y- yes, I'm, I'm a Christian. And this is what he said and it had a great impact on me. He said, I can tell the difference between you and other people that come into this gas station. You're different. You have a calmness about you. You, you have a presence about you. And, you know, I, I almost got prideful at that point. But I said, thank you. I appreciate that. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 1 John 5, 10 says, the one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. There was a singer, he's dead now, died a a couple of years ago, a few years ago. His name was Carmen. Does anybody remember a singer by the name of Carmen? Well, about five of you do. That doesn't make any difference. I'm going to share it anyway. He, uh, he had a song entitled, Some of That. And it goes something like this. Well, I got this friend, T.J. Clyde, who sees the strength I got inside. So he says to me, hey, I want some of that. He said, well, my best friend Ray has got his, this niece that see, sees within my eyes this peace. And yesterday she says, I want some of that. Let me ask you something. The people that are, that are around you, the people that you associate with, could they say, I want some of that? I want what you've got. You've got that strength. You've got that stability. You've got that peace. I want some of that. Can they look at you? Do they know you that well and say, I want some of that? Let me tell you something. Some of you are going to go to parties tonight. I wonder how your testimony is going to be at those parties. Are you going to be a positive testimony for Christ or is it going to be a negative. Do you know there, that 
that people come to Christ more by the example of true believers than anything else? That's how they come to Christ. Because they want some of that. Listen, beloved, it all comes down to lordship. Lordship. Who is your Lord? Who is your Lord? I want to read again Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Listen, listen carefully. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. When I was in college, going to Louisiana College, I attended a church, Emmanuel Baptist Church, and it, it was kind of a, a formal, straight-laced kind of church. But the pastor had an evangelist in that week, and I would go to the revival services every night, and and I believe it was the last night of this revival that the evangelist, and I don't even know his name, preached on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And he ended his sermon, and he just he said, Who will declare Jesus as Lord? And then spontaneously, spontaneously people would almost jump up and say, Jesus is Lord! Jesus is Lord! Man, I tell you what, there was revival that night. Listen, Jesus is Lord. Listen, one day, one day, everyone is going to bend their knee and say, Jesus, you're Lord. Jesus, you're Lord. The devil's going to have to do it. The demons are going to have to do it. Hitler's going to have to do it. Stalin's going to have to do it. Every good and bad person in this world is going to have to declare Jesus is Lord. Wouldn't it be better to do it now? So you don't have to. You don't have to do it now. But you're going to have to do it that day. There's no deciding whether you're going to do it or not. Some years ago, I declared, Jesus, you're my Lord. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you surrendered it all to Christ. Romans 12, 1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's only one problem with a living sacrifice. 
It gets off, off the altar sometimes. We take it back. We get off of it. When you offer yourself, when you surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, there is victory. There is freedom. There is life. There's excitement in Christ. I want to tell you, there's excitement in Christ. I want to tell you one story before I end. When I was youth pastor, youth minister in Texarkana, God got a hold of our young people. And I remember one day in staff meeting, uh, our minister of music looked over at me and said, uh, what, what, what are you done with this youth group? And I thought, oh my stars, what did they do this time? He had taken them on a, um, a choir trip and it was a, a weekend. It was a weekend that he took them, I think a Friday and Saturday and took them over to Dallas. And uh, I said, well, what did they do? They tear up the room? Or what did they do? He said, no, oh, no, 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 no. He said, we got off the bus. They put their stuff in the room. And then he named the guy and he said he grabbed his guitar and they went out around the pool and they started singing. Spontaneous worship. Spontaneous worship. A whole youth group. He said, and then other kids from other groups came in and joined them. And they were sharing Jesus around that pool. They didn't go change their clothes and jump into the pool. They didn't hang out in their rooms. They came out. My friends, that is real Christian living. Spontaneous excitement. Is Jesus your Lord? Now maybe you have never Ask Jesus to come into your life. Maybe that hadn't happened. Maybe you're just kind of toying with it. You're thinking about it. Well, today could be the day of your salvation. Maybe some of you have drifted away from the Lord. You're not what you used to be, and you're not what you want to be. Years ago, in a church... God moved in this church. I mean, he moved mightily. 2,000 people came to know Christ in one year. And the pastor began to pen books. And the second book that he penned was entitled, Much More. Much More. I want to ask you something. Don't you want much more out of your Christian life? Man, I do. I am not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I want much more from the Lord. What about you? Maybe you need to do so today. As we stand, we're going to have our time of decision. And ask that if God has moved in any of your hearts in any way, if God is speaking to you in any way, do not hold back. I'd ask you to stand as we pray. I'll be down here at the front.
If you want to, if you want me to pray with you or if you just want to come and kneel down, whatever God has for you to do, do it today, my friends. Do it today. Today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. Start your new year today. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. I thank you for allowing me to look into your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you do your thing right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusion. He understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. He made something beautiful. As God leads, I invite y'all to respond as we sing. Something beautiful. Something good. All my confusion. He understood. All I was brokenness and strife so patient and so kind to me this morning. Thank Brother Sonny for allowing me to preach my home church here. And uh, let me say a blessing to you. I always like to give a blessing before you go out. I want you to be blessed as you leave. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. And may you have an incredible new year. Amen. Amen. Y'all be sure to thank Pastor Lynn on your way out. Before you go, I have two really quick announcements for you. Those are first, again, I just want to bring up our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Today's the last day uh, to give towards that. You can always give your uh, offerings towards the IMB, but today is the last day of that offering specifically. So if you came prepared to give this morning, uh, please do so as you leave. And then lastly, our Wednesday night activities will resume on the 10th. Of January, the 10th of January, will resume our Wednesday night ministries as normal. With that, y'all are dismissed. God bless. Forever live.